All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. Cars have been a vital part of a modern transportation for over a century, transforming the way we live and work, from the earliest horseless carriages to the latest electric and autonomous vehicles. Cars have shaped our culture, economy and environment in countless ways. They have also inspired numerous stories from epic road trips to high-speed chases, from classic cars collections to cutting-edge automotive technology. Whether you're a gearhead, a traveller or simply a fascinated, or simply fascinated by the history and impact of cars, there is no shortage of compelling stories to explore. In this collection, we'll delve into some of the most fascinating and unforgettable stories about cars, drivers and the open road. And that's our link to Petrolhead today. Thank you very much to Chat GPT. Petrolhead! <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Are you going to tell us some of the most fascinating and unforgettable stories about cars, drivers and the open road? Yes. Did you do your homework? Yeah, I did. Um, so did you watch that um, documentary that I sent you? Oh, I didn't do all of my homework. <laughs> no, no, no. No, Michelle. Well, you didn't really know it was homework. In a week, I just sent you a message and say, listen, uh, watch this. It's worth watching. You need to send me a message saying, this is your homework. I know. I, I thought I was that. going to be able to lounge around and watch it. So I was, going, I was planning on watching it. Queen of the okay. Speed, the rally driver. Okay. That's it. So, uh, the documentary um, is, is homework, but um, it can be homework for everybody. But we, let's talk about it next week. But okay. Queen of Speed is a documentary about uh, the best racing driver, uh, woman racing driver ever. And I can say that without a doubt. Her name was Michelle Matton. Um, and she raced um, in the 70s and 80s. Uh, the, where she really became famous was in Group B Rally, where she raced um, the, rally, uh, the Quattro Rally cars. Um, and she showed some of the famous men. Even today, they are legends, guys like Volta Roll or Stig Blomqvist. Um, they are seen as rally legends, and she beat uh, them in quite a few rallies. So um, this is actually worthwhile. You'll see. Yeah, I'd like to watch that. Worth watching. Yeah, I, I saw it. And her life is actually fascinating. I, th I thought um, it would be a weekend. It would be a weekend view. There you go. So um, um, I'm looking forward to chatting to you about it next year. Queen of Speed 2021, the documentary chronicling French rally driver Michelle Mouton's battle to rise. And I imagine it was um, a, certainly a battle to rise to the top of the pile. So she was competing against men. Yeah, the thing is, um, um, she, was, she was a rally driver and um, then um, she got an opportunity to, to race and once Audi launched the, 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 the Quattro rally cars, she yeah. got an opportunity to race and, I, and they didn't really expect her to do that well. Uh, and then she she started really really beating the guys. Actually, before that she'd done well, but um, Group B Rally was like eventually became like Formula One on gravel. So the whole story is worthwhile, and there's there's some amazing things in there. It's, it's worth watching. Great. Um, it is on it's on YouTube. So yeah, enjoy, and we'll chat about it next week. Okay. Um, let's let's move on to because we had somebody asking a few weeks back about sustainability. And, you know, what to, how do we talk about that? So yeah. let's start by talking about Continental that is saying, you know what, um, tires, of course, as we know, is, one, is a big polluter. We don't think of it like that. But think, about, think of a tire, and as you're driving, all that rubber 
has gone away as you're driving onto the road. So as your tread is getting less and less and less, that rubber is lying around in the environment. Once tires are, are finished, they, there's not a lot you can do with them. You can only build so many tire walls at a racetrack, and the rest of the time it's becoming an issue, even the yeah. materials that they're made of. So Continental said by 2025, they want to use a lot more renewable materials in their tires, including things like recycled bottles. So they say a tire is made up of 100 different materials, yeah. um, including natural rubber. Um, and of course, that um, some of those things, um, a lot of the materials aren't recyclable. So what they're saying is they're going to start using things like the ash of rice husks. Now, don't ask me what that is. Um, that's so many, it's a, according to them, a waste material that you can't use anywhere else. Um, so they'll use that in the a material. The tires are normally made of crude oil, so they'll try or they're going to start using less crude oil. They're going to start recycling tires because tires, a major ingredient of a tire is something called carbon black. Yeah. So what they're going to start doing is they're going to start recycling tires. In other words, taking tires, old tires, and recycling them through a process of high heat to get more materials out of the tires that can be used in new tires, including rubber, steel, textiles from old tires. They're going to start using PET bottles. So you know these plastic water bottles? Yeah. They can go between 9 and 15 bottles um, can be recycled and can go into a brand new tire. So okay, wait, 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 wait. So they're going mm -hmm. to recycle plastic bottles and turn that's them it. into tires. That's it. So they're going to take plastic bottles. So all the things, as we said, are rice husks, um, plastic bottles. Uh, they're going to start using or recycling those and putting that material into a tire. So they're focusing a lot more on, on, on recyclable materials and things that we normally would waste and making tires of that. So um, how, how are they going to do that? How is it going to work? I mean, they, 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 they share a process. So there's actually a nice article about it um, where, I mean, I don't know what, what the mechanical process is. There's, there's, there's a lot of heat involved. Um, I'm no engineer here, and they extract the materials from the old tires or the recycle. I mean, PET bottles, as an example, plastic bottles, there's a few manufacturers already that are making car seats yeah. um, out of the plastic bottles. They recycle plastic bottles, they make car seats, they recycle fishnets, make car seats. In this case, um, whatever process Continental uses, materials that weren't considered before will be recycled and then used in new tires. So, so here's the thing. Hmm. I um, think this is brilliant, and I get excited when I hear it. But there is some little red flag that is, is flagging yeah. for me. And the red flag mm -hmm. is that if Continental is looking at um, PET plastic and uh, other forms yeah. to create tires, right now that is going to be a high cost. I don't, well, I don't know. So, you know, again, you, Continental would be the people to speak to. That the process they say is pyrolysis, P-Y-R-O-L-Y-S-I-S, is the process to, to extract recyclable materials from Continental tires. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the cost would be. I, I think the, the idea here is that they've realized that we should recycle or use more recyclable materials in the tire. Yeah. I, I don't even remember earlier we spoke something, we spoke about Goodyear also saying that they had a prototype that contained 90% uh, sustainable materials. So there is a focus not only from the car manufacturers, but also from the tire manufacturers to say, let's use yeah. more recyclable tires. So it's not something we can go and buy right now, but there is a focus to, to use more materials that can't be used anywhere else or to recycle old tires. Because 
I mean, old tires worldwide is a big issue. The amount of, you yeah. know, you can't really do anything with an old tire. So um, I, I've seen people build houses with old tires, but effectively there's just too many. So that's a positive thing for for the environment and for, for future, you know, for future generations. We can say, well, we started, you know, back in 2023, we started, uh, looking at more recycle, recycle, ways of recycling our old tires. Yeah. You know, Nico, I read somewhere, and it could be Sweden, but I stand to be corrected, that they said by 2035, it will be illegal to drive cars that are not electric cars. Yeah, it's not, yeah so, uh, in Europe as well, um, I think, you know, I have to think the dates, Michelle, but something like 2035, 20, 20, that uh, no more uh, internal combustion petrol diesel cars can be sold there. Now, you know, they, this can be a quite a long conversation because what is happening is that the, 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 um, uh, uh, a lot of pressure is put on uh, car manufacturers to build, focus and say, build electric cars and let's cut out uh, petrol and diesel in Europe. Mm. But the issue is there's a lot of other factors that are, you know, not only electric car, how is electricity made becomes an issue. What are the rare materials in the battery that is an issue? So there's also companies that are looking at options as to say, you know, instead of using uh, um, uh, uh, crude oil to make uh, uh, petrol, can we use other materials so that we can run an internal combustion engine on something that has a lot less emissions? So I think that there is an issue about limiting the car manufacturers to say you've got to build electric cars instead of saying um, what other alternatives instead of electric cars are there that is more environmentally friendly. But the thing is, again, what we're talking about is also going to be a focus for first world countries. So in Europe, it's, it's easier because the infrastructure is much bigger. But there's a lot more money to do that. But if you look at, uh, just look at Africa, uh, if you go to Namibia, you know, think about this. How would we say, okay, now we're just going to sell electric cars in Namibia with those massive distances um, and infrastructure. So there's, uh, it's an easy first world problem to say, well, we're just going to sell electric cars because we make uh, electricity from what if it's renewable sources. So I think there's, there's, there's a, it's a massive discussion point. But at the end of the day, car manufacturers are getting a lot of pressure to stop making petrol diesel cars and make electric cars. So, um, but you know, there's a big environment, environmental impact in making electric cars as well. If you look at how electricity is made, as an example. We're chatting to our Nico, who is our petrol head. And uh, as ChatGPT says, whether you're a gearhead, a traveler, or simply fascinated by the history and impact of cars, there's no shortage of compelling stories to explore. Ain't that the truth? Nico, we have to go to a break. And uh, when we come back from the break, uh, we'll raise some of the questions that are being asked. Don't forget, if you do have questions for Nico, you're welcome to uh, WhatsApp or SMS us. You can also give us a call or indeed send a question to us on Twitter as well. At SAFM Radio and at Mesh Constant on SAFM. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. We can't take anything seriously, can we, Nico? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should you should phone that number or, or SMS that number and just go on a date with her and then let's see what happens. <laughs> So this is not turned into love life. So you, this is not only the car. <laughs> not only yeah, it'll be petrol head, no. gear head, love. Yeah, n- let me not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, move on. Let's move on. Let's okay, we got, um, we got a voice note for you. Let's crack into the voice note. Good morning, Michelle. Absolutely great show. Love petrol head. 
loved your discussion with ChatGPT. I just want to say that uh, using recycled plastic in tires, very, very bad idea. They try to do it and put it into roads and stuff like that. And what happens is the friction of tires on roads and everything, micro, micro particles of plastic get um, blown into the air and everything. And if you're walking on those roads, you're breathing in that plastic. That plastic all blows into the sea and gets into every aspect of life and everything. Not very good. Recycled plastic should be used in inert structures like maybe building or lampposts and stuff that don't have constant friction against them. This might be Listening to your thing about electricity and electrical cars or electric you know, vehicles, um, and I think it's a very valid point regarding internal combustion engines for uh, large distances and potentially even... Um, you know, availability, like in Namibia, as was accurately mentioned there. We even in South Africa, which are rural areas, and we talk about agricultural stuff. What happens there in Europe with farming? Does it become precious, become electric? Um, so I think that's where the resurgence of the interest in hydrogen is, is really interesting. I think the fact that South Africa is, whether or not it's, it's just, um, you know, window washing, um, that we are looking at developing hydrogen or green hydrogen corridors here in South Africa. I think that's, um, I think it's, it's really something that should be looked at more. Uh, uh, just from a, a reliability of, of energy source for transport. So uh, just with regards to the green hydrogen, we did have Nick Headley, the journalist on the show a while back, talking about the challenges of green hydrogen. It might be worthwhile getting him back to really start to explain to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a terminology that's being used a lot. We're hearing a lot about green hydrogen, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's hard you know to what, understand I, it. Yeah, go thanks, First of all, thanks for the two voice notes because they're fabulous. And, and uh, what's, what's really interesting is how we have experts that listen to our show that can give us... You know, more information or more detailed information because no. honestly, I'm, I'm just a guy that's enthusiastic about cars and I can read <laughs> about the details and say, well, they're recycling plastic, plastic bottles and then somebody else comes and says, well, maybe that's not the best idea. So I, I think that's the important thing is to speak to the experts, uh, Michelle, on, on let's say green energy. That's a good idea because yeah. we, or green, green hydrogen because there's always going to be different viewpoints points on that. I think uh, the big focus is how can we make things that are sustainable and how can we have less waste into the environment? That's, I think that's the end of the day. That's the important message, isn't it? And I, I must say, Mark, who sent the message about, um, about the plastic, it's an interesting one, is mm. that it needs to be used for um, st static uh, things, so like the building of houses, etc., so that you don't have the wear down, the wear and tear, and then suddenly you just get microplastics. Sometimes I feel like... Um, uh, I really am so relieved for our listeners because it does feel like they just add something, a whole new thing to what we're saying and really give us lots and lots of insights into it. Mm. Nick, I've got another question for you. I'm not sure that you're going to, uh, I wouldn't know how to answer this, but Noah. How would, how would I know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you, you're gonna, you can, Noah in Cape Town oh. says he just started his car this morning. And he heard this like hammering sound from the fuel tank. Mm. I, I'm assuming it was like a doo doo I don't really know what a hammering is a hammering sound, yeah. I suppose. 
I'm not quite sure what a hammering sound sounds like, but he says that when I, when I heard, he says that I hear that it could be the fuel pump. If it's mm. so, do I need to worry that it might cease at any unexpected moment? Okay, so uh, did it happen when he started or did it happen when he drives? It's, it's very difficult to say that exactly, but how, how it works with a fuel pump, you've got a fuel tank that's at the back of the car, run about below the boot or below the rear seat, and that area depends on the car. But the, the fuel needs to get from there to the engine. So what happens is you've got a fuel pump that sits in the fuel tank and that effectively pumps the fuel to the engine. And then from whatever happens there at the engine, if you have, uh, let's say, a direct injection, um, there might be a high-pressure pump at the engine again. But you just need to get the fuel from the tank to the engine. That's the fuel pump. So if it's making a funny noise, that obviously might be an issue. And what will then happen is if you're driving and the fuel pump seizes, your car's not going to have power because eventually if, if you can't pump fuel to the engine, your car won't drive. So that would be the issue. Um, so uh, I think if you, um, it might be if it's making bad noises, maybe it won't last the next two days. So ideally, if you need to be somewhere today or tomorrow where, where everything's going to be closed, maybe start looking at Uber. Uh, look <laughs> at it today, this morning, if you have some time, instead of waiting too long, um, because, yeah, if the fuel pump isn't working, your car ain't going anywhere. Just, uh, so, so if Noah's car, if he heard that hammering, when he started the car, as opposed to as he's now, he starts the car, he hears that sound, and then he drives, and then he's still hearing the goo goo goo. Um, what would there be a difference? I don't know. I don't know. But you know that. Um, remember, we said always there's a point where my knowledge plateaus off, and I don't know anymore. Uh, and because I don't physically work on cars, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how long this will last. I don't know exactly if that is the issue. Yeah. But if, if what I do know is if the fuel pump isn't working, your car isn't going anywhere. Yeah, so, it's not um, moving. I, if it was my car and it's starting to make funny noises, uh, I said, yo, do I have time this morning? Let's check it out because it might break down tomorrow and then Monday morning I can't get to work. Is it okay? Or maybe I don't want to get to work Monday morning, then I'll leave <laughs> it. And Monday morning I'll phone in and say, sorry, my car's broken. I'm going to have it fixed. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, Nico, um, if we go back to the the tyre things, I did. Someone did ask me this week about the this rainy weather, and they were just asking, do they need to do anything with regards to their tires? Um, and they wanted to know, do they take the pressure down? No, your pressure stays the same, whatever the conditions. Okay. Um, so the important thing is, um, when it rains, your issue is the amount of tread on the tire. Yeah. So um, when you when you inflating or deflating, as soon as you inflate or deflate tire. The tire, if you think about the tire, it's touching the road at, at uh, let's say the pressure is 2.3 bar, it's the, uh, the, 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 the most amount of the tire is touching the road. If you start putting too much pressure inside the tire or you're taking air out of the tire, some of those tread logs are not going to touch the road surface anymore. So that affects the, 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 the grip the tire has. But when it rains, um, tread is effectively there. Those, those little grooves is there to push the tire out. So you want to have some part of the tire touching the road and the groove is basically squishing the water out, if I make it simple. If you start running out of tread, if there's very little tread left, now your tire is going to find it more difficult to displace the water. If you then add speed to that, you're more likely to aquaplane as you go faster with less tread. But the tire pressures would stay the same irrespective of the conditions uh, of, on the road. I'm just thinking about a video I saw of this crazy bus driver, which I'm assuming he had a bunch oh. of kids. 
charging across a bridge with streaming water, um, with pouring water like a river that had overflown. Um, and I wondered, is it safer to be in a very big, heavy car to cross over a bridge that has a overflow? Or? Neither one, neither one, neither one. Um, any, whatever you think your big car or small car, they're all going to be pushed away, you know, as easy. Um, because you have a big bus, um, what happens is there's a lot more surface for that water to push if you think about it. So if you, if you have a big bus, you think, okay, maybe this is heavy. And as you go across the stream, a lot more water is pushing against the side of the bus. So anything doesn't matter, big or small, water is always stronger. If water can carve out rocks, um, the strength, don't underestimate ever the, the strength of water. So whatever car we have, any low water bridge is going to wash it away if, if, it's, if the water is too strong. If you can't walk it, please don't drive it. And if you don't drive it, definitely don't walk it either. Nine o'clock, yes. Nico, I know you're spending the weekend with your family, so sending you lots and lots of uh, fabulous weekend stuff. Hope you're bry, and we'll speak to you later. Thank you. Have a lovely weekend. <laughs> Nine o'clock, time for the news. Good morning.